Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's lunchtime kickoff against Bolton, 12.30 at the Valley on TV. Uh, the whole world will be watching us as we try and go for another three points to continue our fine run uh, in League One. Joining me to look ahead to that clash with the Trotters. First up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, missing football. It's been a while, isn't it? It's been too long after that postponement. Uh, at Peterborough, and oh, well, luckily for Tom, oh, no, well, you were there actually, weren't you? You were already there, were you? I was there. Yep, yep. Annoyingly, yeah. So not not quite as bad as Nathan, who who went on the train and literally didn't get out of the station. I think before turning around uh, back to back to wherever it is you live now, Nathan. That was that sounded like a fun day. Yeah, I live in uh, in the nice hills of Surrey now. I've gone up in the world, you see. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I literally was about. I think it was about five minutes away from Peterborough Station when I saw your message. And I was like, brilliant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, literally, I got off the train. I literally got off the train. Um, thought, right, okay, better look at <laughs> what, what platform I'm on. And it's it was literally the same train I just got off. So I changed it up and just sat in another carriage, mate. So yeah, it was an eventful day. Lovely Peterborough Station. Must go there again. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then yeah, it was, it was the time I get back f- from to East Coyd, and then I've got like another forty-five minute train from East Coyd, and then it, yeah, it was a long day, mate, for absolutely no point. Yeah, well, as you say, at least you got to ride the train for a bit, which is always fun. Uh, so on this week's show, we'll look briefly back at what happened last weekend, try and get our head around. Uh, what went wrong but then of course we, we, we'll, we'll focus more on the the game with Bolton coming up we're going to hear from the Addicts boss Dean Holden uh, of course as he looks ahead to that clash we've got some emails uh, and some tweets as well we're going to talk transfers uh, Matt Penny arrived on loan uh, on the ill-fated uh, day uh, that we were supposed to be playing uh, Peterborough as well McGrandles has gone out on loan as well so we'll chat a little bit about where we are then we're going to hear from Melissa Johnson uh, from the women's team and then don't forget Saturday's game is football versus homophobia so Dean Holden has his say on that uh, and then we'll get a Bolton point of view uh, on the fixture as well. James Jarvis uh, from the Lions of uh, Vienna Suite uh, website as well is going to give us a lowdown on Ian Evitt's side. So, um, yeah, just, let's just briefly touch on what went wrong on, on last Saturday. So we didn't do a show on Sunday after the postponement, but um, basically a lot of confusion abounding. So I, I, I turned up at Peterborough. Uh, I think I got to the ground at about 10 to, 10 to 1, but by the time I actually got in, it, it took forever to queue and stuff to get tickets. It was probably quarter past, uh, five past one. Uh, and immediately there was concern that the game wasn't going to go ahead. And it was quite obvious there was a pitch inspection going on. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, the, 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 the Peterborough boss, Darren Ferguson, uh, actually came came out on his own first with, with Charlton's member of staff. Uh, I think it was Scott Marshall who went out there. Uh, and... and he came off Ferguson saying, oh, it's off, it's off. 
but um, they were waiting just for Dean Holden to get there. It was another five minutes or so before he went over. He had a look as well, and it was definitely off. The, the game was completely unplayable. But the frustration came from the fact that there was no warning whatsoever uh, from Peterborough. Now, I did speak to Dean Holden after the game, and I thought you might want to hear uh, what he had to say just to give us some clarity uh, on what happened last Saturday. But fair to say that the Alex boss uh, was not happy. It's bang out of order, to be honest. Um, classic example of supporters being put last again. I can only apologise on behalf of, of our football club to our supporters. I think nearly 2,000 travelling up. But I think it's important that we get some clarity on the timeline of events. So I've had a nagging doubt all week because of the temperatures. Purposely got our secretary to ring Peterborough's secretary yesterday at around 3, 4 o'clock to check. There was, we were assured there was no planned pitch inspections. They had covers, they had lamps. Um, even at 12 o'clock today, midday, Jim Rodwell, our chief exec, has rang... Has rang the same secretary of Peterborough and same message, no planned inspection, everything's fine. Which I find strange because the referees just told me that he was here at 12 o'clock for a planned pitch inspection. So I don't know what miscommunication's gone on there. Um, I first heard about it at 10 to 1, we were at the team hotel. I was about to go into a team meeting with the players. And uh, I got a call off Tom, our meet our comms guy at 10 to 1 to say that uh, the referee, if he had to call the game now, he would call it off. So... He needed a member of our staff. I sent Scott Marshall ahead of the team to go and speak to the referee. We arrived as quick as we could after the meeting at 20 past one. And listen, half the pitch is completely bonad. Completely unplayable. Couldn't be more unplayable. So, again, we keep talking about we'll just deal with the situation. But again, I empathise with our supporters and hopefully they, they all get home safe and we'll, uh, we'll make sure we come back up here when the fixtures rearranged and come and do our best to get the three points. Frustrating as well because you would have been raring to go after the, the good run of form and your, and your first proper week on a training ground. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Again, we were in good shape but I'm not going to sit here and moan about it the only problem I've got is, is, is the timing of the events if this was done this morning I've got no problem with the, with the game being off the pitch is bone hard it's the timing of it which is is wrong it's completely wrong there we go so that, that, that was pretty frustrating um, the, the, the game has now been rearranged for a Tuesday night the 28th of February uh, 7.45 kickoff, Tom but you know that, that's no solace at this moment in time even if there will be three coaches put on by Peterborough after what was a, a really badly handled situation last weekend yeah and and that's a very nice touch from uh darren mccanthony to to put that on but as you say it was it was just a bit of a shambles wasn't it to to not have any clue i think the first i knew about it was nafe texting me and that was about half one just to say did you know the game's off and when you're getting your uh your pitch inspection news from from Nathan Muller then it suggests that something's gone wrong no offence Nathan but you'd expect Peterborough to to have let me know Um, but yeah and even the statement that's come out subsequently don't really make any sense because there's a line that says uh, covers got removed on Saturday morning and the pitch was not frozen and was playable and then the very next paragraph the referee advises the groundsman to redeploy the pitch lights to thaw out a pitch well how can a pitch need thawing out if it's not frozen so even that doesn't make any sense to me. And it sounds like on the day that was the case as well. But as it is, you know, Dean Holden was looking for time on the, the training pitch, wasn't he? And apart from having to actually make the journey, he's now had a good couple of weeks where he'll have just had the players to, to work on and not have a game as such. And you just hope we're not a little bit rusty because we haven't had that that match time over the past two weeks. But um, yeah, uh, a silly mistake for Peterborough to make. And as you say, they've held their hands up and they've kind of offered some compensation. But yeah, it's frustrating really. And, you know, I know we're not in the Premier League anymore, but even at this level of football, you'd expect the right procedures to be in place to to do everything they can to avoid this thing happening. And I know sometimes it's out of their control, but 
you think if they'd done things right, they probably could have avoided this one. Mm, yeah, Lee Chapman emailed saying it's very frustrating on many levels. I paid for parking prior to leaving home, so I've probably lost that. Uh, I have contacted Peterborough, though. Obviously, uh, the wasted time and petrol costs too, but mainly the 1600 or so that could have avoided the journey if it was cancelled on Friday night or early doors on Saturday, especially in the current financial climate with the train fares and the fuel costs. It was not a good look uh, on Peterborough's uh, behalf. Yeah, frustrating day. Um, hopefully it didn't ruin your birthday weekend, Nathan. Nah, well, there was one of many things that ruined my birthday weekend. But um, do you know what? Like, like you said, nice train. It was. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, was, just, I think I left quite tell late. The listener, tell the listeners about Go your on. little trip to Hampton Court. Go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it sounds like the same from. Is it off from the office or something? Uh, whatever. But um, don't get your Hampton Court. So yeah, basically, Dad. Uh, yeah, that's the one. We. Um, yeah, so we've done that on. Um, Saturday, which was a good day out up in Cambridgeshire, I think, up in sort of Tom's neck of the woods, lovely part of the world. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'd done that, came back, pointed to waste of time. Um, for my actual birthday, went out for a Turkish and got food poisoning, which was fun. And then Monday, I thought I'd go and do a bit more, you know, you know, I'm a little bit more uh, cultured. Uh, went down to Hampton Court, drove over there, thought oh, I, have, I ain't been there in years, looking forward to it. Turn up to the gates at Hampton Court, literally. Um, and apparently they're closed on Monday and Tuesdays in the winter. So I drove back home. So literally my birthday weekend was a write-off. Um, <laughs> like, no, it's funny now, when about at the time, I must admit, I was just right. Because then, like, obviously, at Christmas, I was ill. I've been ill for the last three Christmases. So I think it's just just a sign of getting old, mate. Obviously, I know you're a lot younger than me, but... Um, yeah. It's starting to get well, old, mate. I think. Hopefully, hopefully that didn't ruin your birthday too much. I know you're only forty once, but you know, ho- hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully that didn't take too much, <laughs> too much off it for you, right? I think we've drawn a line under that. It was a really frustrating day, but it's time to move on and look ahead uh, to Bolton. Then here coming to the Valley uh, on Saturday. Don't forget, this is a Charlton side in good league form. Uh, we've uh, won each of our last three league games um, in in in, uh, in League One. Obviously, um. Because of the fact that we were unable to play on Saturday, it did allow the rest of the table uh, to catch up with us uh, to an extent. So uh, Barnsley played one of their games in hand. So we're now um, quite far off playoffs. If we if we if we're being uh, serious, we're, we're nine points off the playoffs. Barnsley still have a game in hand. Uh, they've got three games in hand on Bolton, who sit above them, uh, who we're playing on Saturday. So Bolton uh, are thirteen points ahead of us as well. So I mean, if and it's a big if. Uh, as Sandmouth uh, says on Twitter, we have to win this game to have any chance, really, of of, of cl- closing the gap. Especially, you know, if we lose, I think we'll be in big, big trouble. If we're not already in terms of playoff places, but it's a big game for us. Um, Dean Holden has seen uh, Bolton play a couple of times now uh, over the last week. Obviously, he went up to Derby after the game uh, against Peterborough was postponed, and he was there on Tuesday night for their win over Forest Green. Uh, and, and he mentioned uh, this remarkable incident that saw Dion Child sent off when he wasn't uh, the guilty party. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but Kachunga uh, basically punched one of the Forest Green defenders in the stomach and Dion Childs uh, was uh, sent off. Unfortunately, that's now been overturned for the obvious reasons. But uh, yeah, Dean Holden was surprised uh, by that incident when he was there to see it. I don't think I don't think there'd be any doubt about the red card. I think there was doubt on the evening I was there. It was The stadium was dumbfounded and certainly Dion Charles was looking back at the footage. And clearly something had gone on that he was unaware of um, for whatever reason a linesman called it he called it right but called it on the wrong player um, I mean Kachunga's given a right dig in, in the ribs I'm not sure what, what that was about but yeah Ian's come out after the game and said he was disappointed with that and rightly so so Kachunga will be, red, will be, will be banned for the game clearly 
Dion Charles has got sent off after 30 minutes for no fault of his own and, and then rested up for the rest of the night. So he'll be fresh and he can run as well. He loves to run. He's a, he's a really good player, Dion Charles. Um, but for the rest of them, obviously, they played 10 men with, with for 60 minutes. So, again, I touched on it before. Ian's had them for a couple of years now. They've had some success together. They've had a promotion. They've, they've got a real distinct style of play. You know, when you, you think to, back to what Bolton used to be to what they are now, um, completely opposite ends of the spectrum, really. So, really expansive in, in the way that they keep the ball. They like to have high ball possession. A um, lot of energy in midfield, and um, as I say, Dion Charles will, will run all day for, for the team. So, yeah, this is a difficult game for us, no doubt about that. But again, we we proved in the in the last one against Barnsley that we that we're up for the we're up for the challenge. And um, live on Sky, you know, we, we want to show ourselves in the in the best possible light in front of you know a national audience. And you know, we, we we proved it at Old Trafford what you know what we can do as a football club. And you know we want to show people that are watching on Saturday that there's going to be a big crowd in at the Valley and that we can really rally round together and 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 push for results for this club. And the players will be fully aware because um, up at their place, um, uh, you weren't here of course, but they're probably genuinely one of the better sides we've played this season. Whereas other results, you could have gone either way and a bit of bad luck here, bad luck there, but they were genuinely one of the better sides we've played so far this season. So the, the team will be fully aware. Yeah, and we went through it again this morning. I think you, you look back to that game in particular, you, you know, Bolton are a team that has touched on, they like to have possession of the ball, they like to circulate the ball around the pitch. The pitch can become really big and stretched if you don't get your your defensive structure right and that, that was what happened on the day in fairness I mean obviously we, we, we scored a really good goal early through Scotty and then they, ju- they just undone the team through through periods of possession waves of attack so again there's uh, there's some weaknesses in there as well but it's making sure that we exploit them There we go so Dean um, he was there on, on Tuesday night he was there on Saturday seeing a lot of this Bolton side um, it's a Bolton it's a Bolton side that I think especially when we played them up at their place and we we had our, our shortcomings up at their place but I thought they looked like they've got some real menace about them um they ended last season so strongly ironically I mean if we are to make a late charge for the playoffs we have to put in over two points per game now for the rest of the season to get around the, the sort of benchmark of where you need to be uh, and there were only three teams that did that in the, in league one last season over the last 20 games and Bolton were one of those because they did end last season uh, really strongly even though they did still fall slightly short of the playoffs it was a very high uh, amount of points needed for playoffs last year but uh, clearly a Bolton side that, that are playing well uh, under Ian Ever and, and frustratingly that we'll still have Dion Charles um, with his red card being overturned and, and given to the right man uh, uh, during during today, Tom. Yeah, really annoying, wasn't it? Because when that happened, uh, it was all over Twitter, wasn't it? About the fact that he was going to be suspended for our game and that was probably going to give us a bit of an opportunity. But as you say, obviously correctly overturned, um, but frustrating for us. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. I thought obviously we scored very, very early up there. Um probably too early as, as the cliche would go, but I thought they really dominated the game um, from that point on, comfortably deserved to win. Uh, and they're probably one of the one of the better sides that I've seen, certainly this season. I haven't seen every away game, but certainly one of the better sides that, that I've seen in person. And yeah, it's not going to be an easy game at all. The, the, perhaps the positive is not just our upturn in form recently, but our ability to take it to sides that do tend to come out and play. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I imagine we're better against those sides. I think um, it's been the sides that, that sit back and, and I don't think Bolton will be one of those that we've struggled to break down. So that does give us an opportunity. As you say, if we do then win, of course, we're all going to start looking up the table again, but 
with the weekend postponements and those, as you say, the couple of games in hand that, that other clubs have played, even just from our last game where we obviously won, it, we're looking quite a bit further away from the playoffs than we were two weeks ago, which is, um, you know, concerning if you think we were going to get there. I think we were all kind of realistic that that was a bit of a pipe dream, although obviously mathematically still possible. But yeah, I think it's it's about what we go and do now. And you, you referenced Bolton's end to last season and how they've kind of kicked on this year with that two points per game. I said it, I think, last week that if we're not going to go up this season, then we have to start thinking, well, next season starts now. And if we can build that momentum and do something similar to what they're doing, then gives us half a chance for next year. But I'm not going to count out this year until it's mathematically impossible, but every game at the moment is must win. And, and this is one of them. Mm. I mean, George has uh, tweeted in saying, uh, we never play well against Bolton, but I'm more optimistic this time around than I was last September. Uh, it's a shame we haven't played since Barnsley because that spark might not be there as we haven't played for what feels like ages. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I guess there is a danger that we will lose some of that momentum. Um, that, that we have built up, you know, that excellent performance at Old Trafford, the three league wins in a row, you know, it's, it's been a pretty good start to 2023 for, for us, Naif, but I mean, do, do you fear that that could have a bit of a knock-on effect, the fact that we haven't played for a couple of weeks now? I don't know, it could work both ways, to be honest, can't it? It could be, you know, they played Tuesday and um, obviously they were fighting people on Tuesday, weren't they, with a guy who got sent off. <laughs> but um, yeah, it could work both ways. They could be tired, we could be fresh, but... The flip side of that is that we could be a bit rusty in there. So it's six of one half a dozen of the other, isn't it? So I, th- I think it's just about us. We focus on ourselves, try to build that momentum that, you know, Dean's brought in. Um, we've got a, finally a left-footed left-back, which is exciting. Um, I didn't think I'd ever get excited by a left-back. But um, yeah, it, it, we just got to focus on ourselves, mate. Which is, it's nice having that little bit of cushion from the bottom, bottom three as well. They're pushing playoffs, so it's going to be a tough game. But we just need to try and keep that momentum going and build on the positive start that Dean's had. But it will end at some point and we will lose a game at some point. And it's about how we bounce back from that from that defeat whenever that may be. Who knows? We might go unbeaten for the rest of the year, unlikely. But we can all dream. Um, but yeah, I just think we just got to focus on ourselves, mate. And we'll just have to wait and see in terms of if Bolton are fatigued or not. Mm. So, I mean, we, we, we almost certainly had these exact conversations last week about what sort of team selection we want to make so now if you have to go back two weeks to the Barnsley game obviously you'll remember that Todd Kane uh, limped out of that game injured Session was, was withdrawn before the game I mean judging by his quotes today I mean I, I think there's a chance Sess could still be involved he's very much just managing his injury so he'll be in in a bit out a bit that, that's the way it'll be for him um, obviously we don't, we, we don't know what, what role Matt Penny the new sign is going to make we'll talk a bit about him more later on but I mean in terms of actual team news it will, it will be interesting to see how we decide to go because last week we were thinking maybe that they might have to go for three at the back. Um, so how that's going to work out now that Penny's back, we probably won't have to, you know, will, will there be a, a starting berth up top for McCauley Bond? Uh, if we're playing four, three, three, would he play in a wide role? I can't see him replacing either Raksaki, uh, whereas Tyrese Campbell played a couple of weeks ago, but you know, imagine Corey Blackett Taylor's, uh, fighting fit and ready to go again now after a couple of weeks off. There's little, little team, team, uh, selection headaches that, that I guess Dean hasn't had to worry about too much that, that are just starting to, to come into play now Tom yeah and you can probably copy and paste a lot of what I said on the, the pre-Peter Burrow show in terms of not wanting to change a, a winning team unless you have to uh, I know I spoke about Bon I think staying on the bench for now whilst he gets his match fitness up and seeing what impact he can make off off the bench um, all, obviously almost scored 
against Barnsley and I thought just put himself around, which I know, you know, is the least you expect, but you compare his, his movement and his pace and stuff to somebody like Stockley who's been coming off the bench and I thought he did an okay job there. So you're right, I think Penny coming in obviously gives us that option. I think the only difference probably, or the big difference from what I said last week is there we were looking at an away game at a top six or seven side and thinking, okay, do we need to set up slightly differently for that away game? I think at home you want to try, if you can, to keep those the the width and the attacking formation in the best way we can. So hopefully we we don't have to change too much from, from what we did against Barnsley, as I say, particularly with Penny coming in and, and really take it to Bolton. So that would be one kind of key difference over the past week. I suppose the other thing is something that Dean himself has referenced is that work ethic that he expects to see from players on the, the training ground. Uh, and obviously having had another week on the training ground, there could well be an individual or two who perhaps hasn't impressed him for whatever reason. And as a result, maybe there'll be surprises in the lineup there because he hasn't seen something. And and again, I have no problem with that because I think that's that's the right attitude to have as a manager. So yeah, I'm not expecting wholesale changes at all. Uh, if Cess is fit and able to play, then obviously that's good news. Penny coming in gives us that bit of strength as well. Um, but yeah, I don't want too many changes. I'd be happy if Tyrese played again. I thought he did very well against Barnsley. And as I say, for me, Bon on the bench and, and Lieburn up top is fine because if we are chasing the game, I think he's a good player to bring on. So yeah, as you say, selection headache, but a, a positive one as far as I'm concerned. Excellent stuff. I've got an email that's coming from Andrew at Whiffin as well. And uh, just to sort of... Uh... Uh, take some of the highlights from it he's, he's talking you know I, I've uh, I've been accused of uh, being sort of a little bit too bogged down in my stats and, and, and the form and all that but um, you know Andrew's found an example he thinks of a uh, of a team that did go from from mid-table into uh, in, into playoff contention and indeed went up in Blackpool in a 2020-21 uh, season they were lying 12th uh, with 27 games uh, left to go so a bit more than we have we've only got 20 games uh, left to go um, but then they, they, they'd only had seven clean sheets at that point and then went on to have 15 clean sheets uh, in the second half uh, of the season. Uh, you know, won, won, won quite a few games at the end as well um, and didn't concede many goals, which is uh, which is remarkable. I think only 37 goals conceded all, all season, which is a very good turnout. I'm fairly confident that's less than what we've already conceded, actually, or very close. We're definitely in the 30s when I was looking at this the other day. So um, his conclusion is um, that the... The, the lack of conceding goals is what um, is what needs to be sort of tightened up uh, from us. As much as I like attacking football, you have to stop them going in. Uh, Blackpool's success shows that it can be very effective. I'm sure with Dean Holden's approach to defending, we will reduce the number of self-inflicted wounds. So we just have to be uh, seen to be clearing the ball rather than playing like Man City. There should be an improvement in our defensive record. Uh, that should mean uh, the results go our way as well. So, I mean, that's um, that, that's some good points there from Andrew. Like, he's really delved into the statistical analysis as well, which is something I'm a big fan on. So, I'm very pleased uh, that he's done that for us. Um, I mean, we got our first clean sheet in, I think it was 11 league games uh, last time out against Barnsley, Nathan. And, it, and it's imperative that we do build upon that, isn't it? Because that has been a big problem for us uh, so far this season. There's not many teams that have conceded more than us in League One, there's not many teams that have scored more than us as well in League One. We're sort of a, a bit of a funny side like that, but you know, it's no point scoring all those goals if you're letting just as many in down the other end. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like he said, he makes some good points, and I think well, since Holden's come in, we've we've started to do that. You're not seeing um, Ryan Innes 
trying to play like uh, John Stones or anything like he just does him and Ness are just doing what defenders do stopping the ball going in the goal and um, and they're doing very well I think I'd, I'd, as much as I, I, I have to say that there have been some performances where our defending has been um, comical, comical uh, Barnsley was one Bristol another one um, to be fair there's, it's not often that we've had this, a settled back four. Um, we have injuries. Even Todd Kane the other week came and got injured. Cess came, was injured in the warm-up. Um, so I think we just need that little bit of consistency, really, in terms of our defensive shape, um, which we've struggled with this year, which I'm not saying that's the main reason why we've conceded a lot of goals, because I said at the beginning, it's we have been poor defensively and our decision-making has been poor. But... Yeah, I think what, what Dean's coming, he's doing the basics, right? He's making players, you know, where, what what their jobs are, he's making sure they know what they're doing and they do what they're good at. Like, Innes is good, he's a physical player. If in doubt, I know it's old school, if in doubt, get it out and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I just think we just need a settled side now because it's all it's chop change, all through injury. I mean, there was some point, one point where we were struggling for centre-halves and we called Lucas Ness back didn't know what was going to happen and you know he's been brilliant since he's come in the team so hopefully now we've got a, a left-back in Penny and obviously Ness and Ninis are playing well and I don't know if Ness is going to be fit for tomorrow I don't know um, or Friday, or Saturday rather but yeah hopefully we can just get a settled back four now and then we can just get them to get them used to each other and gaining that consistency Excellent stuff. Well, let's have a listen then to what Dean Holden has to say so far about the transfer window now. So uh, on the uh, the Saturday where the game against Peterborough was uh, called off uh, just 90 minutes before kickoff, Matt Penny, uh, in the evening, in the end, they announced that he was uh, he was signing for us on loan from Ipswich Town. He was due to be announced uh, about 15 minutes before team news was coming out against, uh, against Peterborough, but he had to get a, a push back because of the postponement. But yeah, he was due to be involved uh, up at London Road. He will you imagine being involved on Saturday instead. So he's come in. Obviously, we've seen Connor McGrandles go out on loan um, to Cambridge uh, in the end. Uh, not not had a, a glittering start to his Charlton career uh, so far. I think he's still got another couple of years left on, on his deal with us as well. So we might well see him back uh, in the summer. But with all that business that's gone in and out, obviously, we know about Bon and Kane uh, coming in. We know about uh, McGovery and Forster Kasky uh, going out. Um, Dean Holden was asked... Uh, earlier on today during press day, if he thinks that Charlton are now stronger uh, than when uh, the transfer window started. I think, uh, I wouldn't comment if we're stronger now. I did say, you know, I went on record at the beginning of the window saying that we wanted to come out of this window in a stronger position. I'm really confident we'll do that come the end of the window. There's still work to be done, both in terms of, you know, there's a lot of phone calls coming in for, for our players um, and discussions being had around that, you know, making sure that it's obviously the right deal for, for the club, but also for the, for the player as well. I can, I can sit on both sides of the fence. Um, in that scenario, but certainly we'll, we'll always make sure it's the right deal, first and foremost. And, and obviously, yeah, the, 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 the players coming in, there's um, some some good discussions going on. What does that mean? I can I can hear the fans saying, "What does good discussions mean?" Well, we're you know we're, we're confident that we're we're making ground with our targets. Five six days to go. It's it's, it's who knows? Be flip of a coin. I'm not going to sit here now and say we're definitely going to get the players we want because I don't I, I won't guarantee that. It's too many factors out of my control out of our control as a club but certainly we're we're well prepared and um, let's just see what let's just see what happens most people will be focusing on the incomings of course because that's the nature of the beast but um, we've just recently obviously let Colin Grenells go out and load um, for, for game time uh, is that likely to happen again you know is, is one dependent on the other for example um, there's been rumours about Jojo Willicott potentially going as well so is that uh, is one 
coming ins, depending on going outs as well? No, not at all, no. No. Um, we do need to, to lose a few players. I think, again, I've, I've said before, the, the squad's unbalanced. There's, there's too many players in certain positions. And, and you know, we're looking to add some more quality to the to the team, to the squad. Naturally, players are, are going to move on and, you know, players are going to know that opportunities won't be there from come, you know, come past Tuesday night as it stands right now. So I think that's just the nature. I think you'd hear every manager saying that up and down the country. I think we, we go into the window with a, with a set squad and you look at what you want your squad to look like come the end of it. And yeah, we're making, we're making progress on that. Um, but certainly, yeah, that, there will be definitely some more movement, certainly out um, as the days go on. So there we go. I mean, Dean... Dean's saying there's, there's still work to be done before he'll say that we'll, we're, we're stronger. There's certainly been a lot of ins and outs and there's certainly still work to do in this uh, final week. I think that was the deadline Tuesday, Wednesday coming up next week. Yeah, it'll be Tuesday night by the looks of it, 31st. Um, yeah, Let, let's talk about Matt Penny first, I guess, Tom. Nathan's already uh, uh, expressed his delight at, uh, you know, arguably too much delight at the, about the fact we've signed a left-footed left-back, but we certainly need one. He had rave reviews uh, on loan at Motherwell at the start of the season, so uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see if he turns out to be any good. But hopefully, uh, an improvement on what we've had in in the left back berth, which is basically nothing and, and people filling in. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to claim to know a huge amount about him, but as you say, he comes with a, a reputation of a good loan spell before. And uh, and as Nave says, you know, it is a valid point. We haven't really had that option down that side pretty much all season. So to have that is is obviously great and. Yeah, with what Holden says, I think he's right. We're not quite, I don't know if we're stronger or not yet, but we are going and getting players in the positions that we need them. And that kind of what we've just spoken about there makes that point obviously clear that that left back has been a problem because we haven't had someone left footed there. So yeah, if he can get forward either in a four or a three, you know, it's something that we like our fullbacks to do. Obviously, Egbo was doing it when Fitz says is okay at it. Claire likes to get forward a little bit. Um, when he's forced to play there. So if he can do that, then, uh, you know, start to pick up some assists, then, then that's a good option to have. And as you said, I imagine if we're going to go with sort of a similar formation to what we did against Barnsley, then he would just slot in there. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what he can do. As I say, I'm not going to claim to know too much about him, but he comes with a good reputation and a, some good form behind him. So, uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm pleased that we've got him in. It's not the the twenty goal a season striker that perhaps everybody wants or the glamour signing, but might be a very shrewd bit of business. Yeah, I mean, certainly still work to do as well, though, Nathan. Um, like I say, you're very pleased to see a, a left-footed um, left back in, um, and, and that should help sort of balance the side up a bit. Certainly at the back, and as we said, get, you know, we, we've been asking Cess to play out of position anyway at times this season, but it'll enable him to have a break uh, as well. I mean, where else Where else do we need to go? I mean, it's still another week to go. Um, we've seen um, McGrandles, as I said, went out on loan to Cambridge, Macron and Forsakaski out, Bonn and Kane in. Wall- I mean, Wallacott's been linked with moves elsewhere. I mean, it's going to be an interesting little, 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 little few days there. We heard Dean sort of suggesting that there, there's certainly going to be more outs. Uh, and we'd certainly hope more ins as well. So, I mean, do, do you do you see a busy few days coming up? Uh, probably not. I mean, in in terms of incomings, probably not. I mean, I, I can understand the McGrandles one. He's not played. Um, I think it gives Aaron Henry a bit more game time. I think um, the my only concern would be if Dobbo gets injured. I don't think we have another player like him who gets around the pitch and does the dirty work 
I know Albie's good on the ball and Aaron Henry's good technically, but I don't think we have that that ball-winning midfield, you know, the tenacity of it. Um, so that's the only thing that does concern me. But it, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Sean Clare. I mean, is he going to try and put him in the middle where, you know, because he originally came here from Oxford, didn't he? Because he didn't want to play right back and he's not played anywhere else but there for us. So um, I think, I mean, and, and with the, as you said, with the Jojo one, I get it in terms of having, you know, having good backup for, for Ash, uh, Ashton goal, but if Jojo's on a big wedge, um, I don't know if he is, and we can move him out to bring someone else in, that's what you're going to have to do, because it's obvious that we're not going to be, well, I assume we're not going to be spending any big money on transfer fees and whatnot, I don't think we'll change the grain there, but I think for me, it's mainly if Dobbo gets injured, um, and then the whole conversation that we've had all season in terms of Chucks is when he's fit is he fit when's he going to be fit and Jaden's not firing on all cylinders and we can't really leave it on Miles' shoulders if Miles gets injured again we've got McCauley now so I think that bit's done now but it'd be interesting to see if Jaden sticks around because I, I see him as third choice now um, so yeah I just for, for me it's mainly the um, that 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 six or four whatever you want to call it that holding midfielder role if Dobbo gets injured Mm, well, we'll see uh, how that works out. We had an email in from Dan, from Dean actually as well. He said, uh, uh, "Dean, uh, this is from Dean Lane." He says, "Dean Holden said in an interview that there are two key positions he wants to address, uh, and is very confident of getting it done. I think a left-footed centre back and maybe a right wing back to give the option of switching formations to a three-five-two. Where do you guys think the two key areas are?" And would you look at changing from a four-three-three? Miss your pod on Sunday. Don't do that again. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully we won't be frozen out again. Uh, so, key positions for you, Tom. Four-three-three uh, is where it sort of worked for us as well. Dean's asking if you'd like to sort of switch up uh, formation. Um, well, yeah. Where, where do you see? What, what do you see as your answer to that? Uh, I'm happy with how we've been playing in that in that formation currently. I think next right. I think if Dobbo gets injured, there's not a natural replacement there. Um, I think fullbacks is probably okay now. I'd also worry slightly at centre-back. I think Owen O'Connell coming in would be fine, but Ness has obviously played a lot of football for a young man, so possibly someone there. Um, and if we're being greedy, I still think another striker. Um, I, remains to be seen whether Jaden's going, but you know I don't think he looks to be part of our plans in this setup. Um, and you've got Miles and you've got Bomb, but... Maybe somebody else who could come in there as well. I think wide wide places we're fine, and I think the kind of front part of that midfield is fine as well. So, yeah, I like how Dean's been playing at the moment with with that free. Um, I think that works. Um, but yeah, I think we're probably being slightly greedy there. I think I would imagine that there is an element of accepting that we're probably going to be in this league next year from the the ownership. Uh, and if that's the case, obviously you don't want to go out and pay overinflated prices at this stage in the season to then have to hand them back and have kind of wasted that money if your difference is between kind of 12th and, I don't know, 8th or 9th. So, yeah, in the summer, if if Holden is still here and and uh, he gets a chance to build his own side, I suspect that's when we might look to hopefully get some more investment. But we haven't talked about the takeover, have we? Because nothing seems to have changed. But I guess a large part of that will be dependent on that as well. Yeah, that's a, a massive, massive caveat. As in, we don't know who the owners are or will be at that point. I don't really know who the owners are now in any real guys uh, and certainly don't know what their spending power will be or their appetite for spending will be uh, in the summer either. So yeah, we are sort of hanging 
um, in, in midair in terms of that one. I really have no idea what the answer is to any of those questions. So we'll, we'll find out in due course. Well, let's have a quick break here on the uh, big match preview. When we come back, we're going to hear from Melissa Johnson from the women's team. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's gone! Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is a big match preview gearing up for Saturday's home game with Bolton Wanderers. At the Valley, really looking forward to that one as the Addicts get back into uh, into league uh, action. Uh, to talk about the, uh, the 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 impact that Dean Holden's had on on the club uh, and the results since he's come in. I just noticed a uh, new new manager bounce hasn't lasted at Wigan, where uh, Colo Torre uh, has been sacked after just nine games. Uh, he didn't win any of those, to be fair, so probably was in sacking territory. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's one of the shorter managerial reigns you're going to see. Uh, hopefully, Dean Holden will be here a bit longer. Um, the women's team as well are, are doing really well. Melissa Johnson. Uh, is the top one of the top scorers uh, at the moment. The uh, women's team are away to Wimbledon uh, on Sunday in the FA Cup. They've won their last six in all competitions. Johnson, as I said, up there uh, amongst the top scorers. Uh, she scored twice in the last round uh, of the FA Cup against Milton Keynes. Uh, she was asked today actually how frustrating it's been over the last couple of weeks because uh, the women's team have had their last two games uh, postponed due to uh, unplayable playing surfaces. Yeah, it's been really frustrating. Obviously, the back of the two weeks, not having a game, but I think like our intent's still been there in training, and obviously we're we're focused, and we know you know what we need to do when the next game comes. Hopefully, it's this weekend. So I think everyone's just like ready to go, and we're all excited to play in the FA Cup this weekend. Obviously, Wimbledon like will be a tough test. Um, beating Gillingham in the last round, you've done your homework. Uh, how much are you expect them to bring? Yeah, obviously, um, we can't like underestimate them. You know, they're, they're going to be a good team. You know, they've earn the right to, to be in the fourth round so um, we're looking forward to playing them but I think the last two weeks have been you know focused on ourselves and making sure that we're ready and you know we can execute the game plan. She's six goals so far this season um, Alex's top goal scorer uh, congratulations for that stat um, are there any goals that like stout to you any highlights? Yeah I mean um, I really enjoyed obviously scoring away at Durham and Crystal Palace because obviously they were 
very important goals, you know, for for the team. So I'm happy with those, but ultimately I was really excited well, obviously to score my first goal on my debut. So yeah, I've got a couple what, what stand out to me so far. I'm hoping obviously to get a couple more this weekend. You're getting on and you're training well and stuff like that. It, it helps, it, it adds value to your game and what I, I can execute and bring to the game and help towards, you know, goals, assists, helping the team win anyway so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it there we go that's Melissa who's uh, started really well uh, Charlton career with uh, I think five goals in all competitions uh, so far this season as I said a couple uh, against uh, MK in the last round of the FA Cup so it's an away game uh, against Wimbledon on Sunday I believe it's a three o'clock kickoff you'll have to double check where they're actually playing it because at first they were talking about playing it at Plough Lane, but I think it's been moved now. So, uh, yeah, keep keep your eye out for that one if you want to go and support the girls uh, in the uh, FA Cup. Now, for the men's team, for the women's team last week, and again, it's annoying it was called off, that was uh, their, their game in the league was supposed to be uh, against Lewis, was supposed to be the first game of the football versus homophobia week. But it does look like we'll get the second one, which is the men's game uh, against uh, Bolton on Saturday. And uh, Dean Holden was asked about football versus homophobia week. Uh, the Addicts boss said he's very proud of the work that Charlton do on issues such as this. Well, we might be in the third tier in terms of uh, where we are as a football team, but as a club, I think we're arguably in the, in the top in the top in the top division. The, the work that goes on in the community behind the scenes is is brilliant. I have to say, it's really inspirational. So I'm sick and tired over the years of of these campaigns coming round and players putting t-shirts on and not really understanding the the purpose behind it, why it even came around in the first place. So. Um, that was a diffi- difficult thing for me. My first job during COVID, you weren't able to allow these types of things. So yeah, the, the guys have been in from the Proud Valiance. They've done a 15-minute presentation to all the first-team players and, and staff and all they spoke to the ladies' team last week as well, which is important. And when we pull that T-shirt on prior to the game or I wear the badge or wh- whatever that is, it's important that we know the story behind it. Um, you can only put yourself in that position or imagine if it was you know, your son or your daughter that had been put in that position and going to games, homophobic chanting, what that does to the person soul destroying but honestly it, bring, it could bring a tear to your eye so you know fair play to them guys they, they've not gone quiet they've used their story to kind of I suppose try to inspire others they've got this campaign the football club have, have been brilliant in that we're the current holders I think with, within the, the football game the tournament so a lot of good work going on and really important that, we, that yeah everybody's well aware of of the story behind it and the fact that there's one professional footballer in the whole of English football who's who's, who's come out he's really sad actually we all know there's, there's probably more than that and, and why them reasons are you know I'm not trying to sit here and try and reinvent the wheel but certainly there's more we can do to, to make it easier for people in society so um, yeah whatever the players can do they can use the social media platforms uh, to promote these these types of things but also you know if they do hear anything negative homophobic chanting anything like that it should be reported at the earliest opportunity uh, to the police to the referee to myself or whoever and we'll make sure that you know that the people are held account for disgusting behaviour so no it was really positive um, really positive chat the two guys are going to come down to see me before the game on Saturday we'll have a cup of tea in the office and a chat and then they can go up in the stands and cheer the boys on to a hopefully good win yeah there we go so uh, yeah Dean uh, I thought spoke really well on that Um, he uh, sort of alluded to the fact that today I think it was today it might have been yesterday as well they had um, Sam and Rob from from Proud Valiance down at the training ground giving uh, a meeting to the first team Sam uh, did did that for the women's team as well. So spread, spreading the message about what it means to be an LGBT supporter down at Cheltenham uh, and what it means for the club to support them in this kind of way. Nath, obviously we know a few a few of the the proud Valiants and uh, and Gary and whatnot from the Invicta team as well. We we speak to those people quite a lot. And um, 
yeah, I'm sure they'll be thrilled with uh, with the club uh, dedicating an entire week to football versus homophobia. Yeah, brilliant, and you know, it's another another amazing thing that you know the club does do right in terms of the stuff in the community and and, and backing the, the you know the homophobia week. Um, obviously, we've been involved in a obviously not last year, um, and obviously when there was COVID, but there was a few times before where we'd done the tournament when had a chance to play on the pitch with with everyone involved and it. it's a it's a great occasion and us to celebrate of how how much of an inclusive club we are um and yeah, yeah just you know we want everyone to be able to come to football it doesn't matter what your background is race religion sexuality it doesn't matter um everyone's welcome at Cholton and we all want the same thing and that's for Cholton to win games and go up the leagues it's not been easy but in recent years but um you yeah, know it's another another string to our bow as it were really and we're, we're sort of at the forefront of all the sort of schemes behind the scenes that on off the pitch as a club so yeah uh, it's a great great part of the calendar and yeah hopefully I've never known might bump into like you said Sam or Gary um, in, in the future I, I can't remember I bumped into him at some point at, at the pub earlier in the season but yeah hopefully see him soon Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's turn our attention back to Saturday's game uh, with uh, Bolton Wanderers. Now the Trotters are on a, a reasonable run of form, just one defeat in their last eight league games. Uh, I spoke to James Jarvis from the uh, Lions of Vienna suite uh, to find out a little bit more about how the season's gone so far. Uh, I'd, say, I'd say most Bolton fans would say it's been pretty satisfactory. Uh, there's been a few letdowns in terms of results. Like The only team we've been able to pick up a win against that are in and around us is Barnsley, and we've We've dropped points against the likes of Plymouth, Derby and all that sort of stuff. But the fact that we're still firmly in the playoffs uh, after all this time, uh, I think I don't think any Bolton fan will complain about that. We might not be, we might not consider ourselves strong enough to be amongst the likes of Sheffield Wednesday or or Plymouth at the moment. But I, I think, but I I definitely think we're we're right where we should be and. Who knows? Playoffs is a lottery, and um, I firm and I firmly believe, especially because Ian Ever has a track record of really, really getting his Bolton teams to kick on in the second half of the season. Um, that will that will be in there by the end of the season. Yeah, I was going to say. I guess this campaign probably not entirely unexpected, considering the the form you were on at the end of last year. I was running some stats for something else the other day, but I noticed there was. Basically, I was trying to desperately see if Charlton had any hope of getting into the into the playoff race, and we know that we'd have to go at about two points per game for the rest of the season now. And there are only three teams that did that in the final twenty games last season. That includes obviously yourselves, who who uh, when when we played you guys away from home, I remember sort of maybe February last season, we were on similar points, but you ended up finish finishing quite far ahead of us in the end. So you did end last season pretty well, and and that seems to have been taken over into this year. Yeah, um, it wasn't too dissimilar from what we did in uh, League Two. The only difference was, I guess, the gap between that and us, us at that time in, in 19th and promotion by the end was a lot closer. So um, last season, it was just a case of we just ended up too far off. Injuries absolutely killed our season uh, in the middle of that. So who knows what might have been if more players had been fit that season. But uh, we've had better luck with them this time around, although unfortunately not recently, but we have had more luck with them uh, this time around, and it's uh, shown. Um, performances haven't always been there, but we've have, but we have been getting the results that we needed and wanted. And if the trend continues, like I said, uh, I have absolutely no doubt Bolton will be uh, in that playoff picture uh, come the end of the season. 
I guess uh, a club like Bolton, again, similar to, to Cholton, have to deal with the, the expectation levels that comes from being a, a former Premier League club in League One. And obviously yourselves went down to, to League Two as well. Where where do the fans sort of see themselves? Now? Do, do they see Bolton as a side that, that's ready to make the step up towards the, the higher echelons of the Football League again? Uh well, the consensus is definitely that all fans want to, at the very least, see ourselves back in the championship because we feel that's just rightfully where we should be, and I can I tend to agree with that. Um, a few fans think our squad might not be ready to make the step up. Um, might some consider that there might only be a few players that will be, be ready for that. Um, I I tend to think differently. I say if you get promotion. Um, that you know, it opens up a whole new world of possible transfers and stuff. And because Ian Ever and the board, Sharon Britton and the like, uh, and his team around him are so incredibly in sync with each other for what they want to aim for, um, you know, what what their what their achievements are, what their aspirations are, and it's such an incredibly tight knit unit that honestly, anything's anything's possible under them. Um, they. Maybe if we got to the championship, we could do with a few more financial resources just to make it a bit more achievable if we did get to that second tier. But overall, the the overall picture around Bolton is so incredibly positive, positive right now, which is nuts considering just three years ago <laughs> we were on the verge of liquidation. Yeah, I mean, we, we remember the story that you went through as well. Um, You've mentioned Ian Everett's name a couple of times now. Um, I, it, I would have been interested to have known what the reaction was when he was first appointed because obviously he was successful uh, with Barrow, I think, in, in non-league and in, into League Two. But um, are you surprised by how well he's done considering sort of where he came from? It sounds like you've been really impressed with him so far. Uh, me personally, no, because I did see that um, Barrow story and it was nice to have a really... In- inspiring up fresh up and coming manager um a lot of people sort of got to know him for i think it was t4 football or something like that who did a whole special on his tactics uh at barrel while, while they were in the national league and in my opinion it was a quite a, an exciting appointment especially after all the dull and frankly weird dramatics that we had under keith hill the previous season before covid ended it early so it was a very welcome appointment um, and because at the very start of that League Two season, um, we I think we, I think it was only about six professional players on the books. He, he essentially had a clean, an entirely clean slate to implement the type of style he wants, uh, somewhat get the players in he wants, and w- within the restrictions, of course. And yeah, um, honestly, and with Dan, he's gone strength, strength, and with the board backing him as much as they have. Um, for, through the rough start that we had in League Two while he was trying to get all these players to gel together through the um, injury periods where it looked like uh, a few of the players might have been a bit, little bit defeated or not quite up for it uh, after they made the step up from League Two. Um, yeah, no, it, it, Ian, Ian Everett has done an incredible job and if his interviews are anything to go by, it sounds like it would take a hell of a lot to tempt him away from the club at the moment, which just gives the fans even more reason to want to back him and see him succeed here. That's excellent. Now, of course, Bolton have been in the in the news this week for one of the more bizarre occurrences of the season with the, the sending off of Dean Charles 
uh, on, on Tuesday evening against Forest Green. Now, I don't know if you could sort of talk us through what the reaction was at the time, because um, I, I was seeing the videos after and, and without really zooming in on what was happening, I was seeing people saying, I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm seeing this video of someone punching someone. And I'm thinking like, why is there a question? Of course, that's a red card. And it wasn't until I actually read what was going on. It was clearly the wrong person got sent off. Now it's Kachunga who should have been sent off. And, and Dion Charles was the man who walked. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll try and get through this without swearing, but <laughs> uh, it's honestly absolute. All right, so I'll focus on the referees for now. So the fact is that the referee managed to actually spot that decision, which credit to him, because because I don't think a lot of other fans in the stadium spotted that, so that's what they're there for. So I just do not understand how in the slightest you can make the mistake afterwards if you manage to spot that kind of incident, because it was right in the middle of the box and surrounded by a few players, so it wasn't the easiest thing to see. So the fact that they managed to send off the wrong player is, quite frankly, astounding. And as, as especially taking off uh, one, of the most, one of the more informed strikers in the league this season, it pretty much killed the game off uh, uh, in ours, because I, I fully anticipate if we had been allowed to play with 11, we would absolutely cruise the game and probably gone on to it, get at least two more goals, because Forrest Green were quite frankly, woeful. Um, but, I mean, you can tell he's just sacked the manager. But anyway, back to us. Um, regarding Kachunga, I don't, I can't for the life of me think why someone with his experience, now in his uh, early 30s, would think that kind of reaction is appropriate. Um, I don't think he can have any complaints um, that he'll get... Um, suspended right afterwards and Dion Charles will be rescinded but but yeah um he wasn't already the, that popular amongst our fans it was kind of divided his opinion of him so the fact that he did that really didn't sit well with quite a lot of supporters and considering that he, he's in the final year of his contract uh yeah it's yeah <laughs> I won't be surprised if a lot of fans would want to see him gone at the end of that um, yeah. he did get a bit some sympathy because some fans did boo him off quite loudly in the stadium afterwards. But outside of that, yeah, it's it's it was incredibly stupid and uh, it's it's hard to see a way back from at this point. But as long as we have Dion back for this game, I I'll have a bit more faith, and we should. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, obviously, it's punishment enough for Kachunga that he doesn't get to play at the Valley now, which is what what every young boy dreams of, of course. But um, so. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of us got quite excited last night when we saw Dion Charles had been sent off because we thought, oh, brilliant, he won't be playing on Saturday. But now, now that we know the full story and, and, and he will be back for, for Saturday, I guess he is he is the danger man up there. I mean, is there anyone else you'd like to throw their, their name into the ring as well to be alongside him as, as the dangerous players to look out for? Uh, well, one of the obvious ones is uh, Connor Bradley, our right wing back um, on loan from Liverpool. Um, for, for a lad, I think he's 19 or something. Uh, he's he's got a unbelievable skill and maturity beyond his years. Um, he he's quite he's quite quick on the turn and the pass. Um, surprisingly strong and f- for his for his frame as well, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, no, he's been quite a key player in most of our attacks. Kind of like um, uh, what's his name, Raksaki for you, but um, but with a bit more defensive responsibility. Uh, at the other side, um, outside outside of that, um, a couple of midfielders have come into form. Uh, 
right now, uh, Dempsey and um, Morley have created quite a good partnership in the centre of midfield. Throw, throw the experience of Kieran Lee with that, who I think scored against you la- uh, last season as well. And yeah, it's quite it's quite a potent midfield. And obviously, no need to speak about the defence that held out against Nottingham Forest and has only conceded like three goals in the last nine games, which is even more impressive. But I'd say the main two, obviously, Dion being mainly in form and Conor Bradley on that right-hand side. So I hope your left-back is up for it because R- Bradley will run him ragged. <laughs> there you go. Great to speak to James there. Um, yeah, they've, uh, they're have they flying, Bolton Wanderers, isn't it? and it will make for a really interesting game uh, on, on Saturday. I mean, is there any way we can try and use the fact that they did play on Tuesday against them? I mean, Dean, Dean did mention earlier on, Tom, that... I guess Dion Charles himself has now has now been rested uh, inadvertently for an hour after after getting that wrong red card. I think he's on 10, 10 goals for the season, uh, something something along those lines already. So um, he'll be one that will be keen to try and keep quiet. Um, but the fact they they as a team played an hour with ten men on Tuesday and they've got a long journey down to South East London is I mean, is there anything we can make out of that? I guess you've got to try to, haven't you? If you're Dean Holden, you've got to try and and turn that into a positive, how much difference it really makes for for professional footballers at that level, I don't know. But yeah, if I'm holding, I'm I'm trying to encourage that because if you're looking at your man, if you like, if you're kind of matching up across the pitch and you're thinking, well, I've got 5% even more than you have in in the tank, then it might just give you that little impetus to just put a little bit more in. Um, and those little marginal gains all over the pitch might make a big difference. So, yeah, with Dion Charles there, obviously they've got a threat, as you say, with their recent run that they're absolutely flying. They're up at that top half of the table or top five for for a reason. They're a very good side, but we have a a good home record. We're in a good run of form. Um, We've got the advantage of obviously being rested. I'm sure their manager saying we're lacking match practice. We're, We're saying you should be rested and ready to go. Um, so we've got to try and take it to him, try and hit him. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether Holden Braves Innes, who discipline-wise has been pretty good in recent weeks, to to kind of man Mark Holden, uh, man Mark Holden, man Mark Charles, or whether uh, he's going to get Ness to do it, or whether they're going to double up um, because they have got threats across the pitch as well, of course, behind him. So yeah, it's it's a game I'm really looking forward to. Obviously on Sky, slightly different kickoff time, so all these. Little factors uh, feed into the, the atmosphere and the environment around the game. Um, and yeah, I think, look, obviously I want a Charlton win, but I think it's going to be a good game for the neutral as well. It's very rare that I think a Charlton game on telly is going to be exciting, but I think this one probably gives gives half a chance for the, the neutral viewer. But um, yeah, ultimately, obviously I want a Charlton win. Mm, yeah, hopefully indeed. I've just seen Mark Hills actually up at the, the Bolton News is linking Cameron Jerome with a move up to, to Bolton as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get that one done before Saturday in time uh, for, for our game on Saturday. Right, we've come to the end of this week's big match preview. Thanks to all of you uh, who tuned in. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday. Then uh, look out for us uh, after the game uh, in and around the fans bar as well with our microphones. I imagine Benji will be there trying to grab some interviews uh, after the game. So if you want to give your views to us, look out for Benji uh, and his Charlton Live Muff and, and have your say on on our fans bar feature otherwise you can email our studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive ahead of Sunday's show we record early on Sunday morning so get your messages in on Saturday evening or early uh, on Sunday for them to be read out on Sunday's pod right thanks for listening uh, thanks very much to Tom and Nate for being involved this week cheers lads cheers boys
An absolute pleasure as always. I'm Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. We shall see you again on Sunday. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.